Heavenly Father, we pray that you would indeed speak to us now. We pray that you would give us grace to hear what you would say to us, and also the grace that we might do it. And we pray this in the precious name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thursday nights, whenever we were growing up, was always a very exciting night. After dinner, we would go to the supermarket and we would get the big weekly grocery shop. Now that might not sound terribly exciting and you might think I'm slightly strange wanting to actually go and help mum do the shopping, but it meant that it was new cereal night. You see, we didn't buy the same cereal week after week after week. No, 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 no. Instead, we would pick out whichever cereal had the best toy inside that week. Maybe some of you can, you know, have kids or grandkids and they do the same. And if it wasn't the best toy, then the other criteria was the most unhealthy A number filled cereal possible. Now most weeks my brother and I would agree and we'd get whatever box of cereal it was but on the odd occasion when he wanted Frosties and I wanted Cocoa Pops our eyes would suddenly light on the genius of Kellogg's cereals. The variety pack. Eight little tiny boxes of cereal, each one different and a solution to all our troubles. He could get what he wanted, I could get what I wanted, and we'd argue about who had to eat the crunchy nut cornflakes at the end of the week. Every morning, you could try a different one. You wouldn't have to eat the one cereal all week. Mr. Kellogg knew what he was doing. When he made the variety pack. Cereal for everyone. And all different. I was reminded of Kellogg's variety. When I read our New Testament passage for this evening. And it might be good if you have it in front of you there. But rather than small cereal boxes. Which didn't really have very much in them. Paul has in mind the great variety of spiritual gifts God gives us and the ways in which we use them. I thought it would be good to focus on them as we come together this evening to commission church wardens and glebe wardens and select vestry members from all across our rural deanery. So over the, over the next few minutes we'll think about God the giver, God's gifts, And God's good design. In verses 4 to 6 we see God the giver. And that's a really important thing to remember as we begin to think about spiritual gifts. They are gifts given to us by God. Now I'm going to read those verses again and listen out for the common words. The repeated words. There are different kinds of gifts, 
but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Three times we're told that there are different kinds, or in another English version, varieties. And three times we're told there is the same. Now do you see what Paul is saying and underlining and and making bold? There is one God, God the giver, and he loves variety. It's not just that there's one spiritual gift available and, and you take it or leave it. There are many. It's not that there is one kind of service, and we're not talking about morning prayer or Holy Communion there, different ways of serving the Lord. There are many. And there's not just that one kind of working. There are many. But the same Lord and the same God. Do you remember Henry Ford's words when the Model T was first launched? You can have any colour, as long as it's black. There was no diversity or variety there. But God doesn't work on a mass production line. He shapes us and makes us individually. No two of us are the same. Now if you were following closely during the reading, you might have noticed a clue as to why this variety is available. It actually goes to the heart of God's nature and being. Look again at verses 4 to (coughs) 6. Different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. Different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Different kinds of working, but the same God. Paul shows that God in his very nature is unity, uh, is variety in unity. Three persons in the one God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And just as the three are totally united in purpose and love, so God shores his variety of gifts on his various people. Do we recognise and remember that our spiritual gifts are gifts given to us by God the giver? That in the words of the children's song, I just thank you, Father, for making me, me. Or do we claim the credit as our own? When someone thanks us or praises us for something that we do or or something that we're good at, do we keep it to ourselves and go, well, that's just me? Or do we say, no, actually, that's, that's a gift that God has given. And we praise him and thank him. Are we aware of God the giver? God the giver gives gifts. That's almost a tongue twister. God the giver gives gifts. Coming up to our wedding day, Lindsay and myself spent several afternoons in Debenhams and also in Smith Patterson's 
in Lisburn. We walked around the shop and we wrote down, or in Debenhams, we had a little barcode scanner, it was cool. And beep, want that. Beep, we want that. As we wrote down or, or beeped on the things that we would like to receive as gifts from our wedding guests. Now that's so that you don't end up with six toasters or 20 cutlery sets. We still ended up with about four cutlery sets, but we've managed to pass them on as wedding presents. And sorry if you were a recipient. <laughs> um, well, maybe not. We'll, we'll cut that bit out of the recording. But we made up our gift list. And in verses 8 to 10, we find a gift list. We're told of some of the gifts that God gives. Wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, speaking in tongues and interpreting tongues. Later on in the same chapter, uh, Paul gives a few more. Helping others, administration, teaching. And as we've seen, there are even more varieties of gifts. Just think of the gifts that God has given to each one of you. To equip you to serve as church wardens or glebe wardens or select vestry members, secretaries, treasurers and all the other things that you do in your parishes. And even if you're not on a vestry, if you've been dragged along by your significant other tonight so that they're not in their own. You too have gifts given by God to be used in so many ways. In music, in drawing alongside people, in praying. And I'm sure you can think of even more. Perhaps as you read this list or as you come across the other gift lists in the New Testament, you might discover a gift that you realise that you have. Personally, I'm not terribly good with DIY of any kind. I'll, I'll not share any horror stories tonight, but you can imagine what they might be like. But others are amazing. Dealing with property, dealing with uh, buildings and things like that. Maybe for you, figures are something that you try to avoid, but others are brilliant. And God has gifted them to be uh, the treasures of our parishes. As you read at these lists, you realise that actually you have been given wisdom or, or some other gift. Or maybe, maybe someone else will come up to you and say, you know, I think you have this gift. You might not realise it yourself, you might not see it in yourself, but I think you have this gift because we've seen how you do this and we see that you're really good at it. And we see how other people benefit from it. Or maybe these uh, gift lists can be like the one that we had in Debenhams. And something stirs in you to desire that gift. You don't have it yet. But you uh, ask God for it. And perhaps he will even give it to you. These are God's gifts. Given to us just as the Spirit determines, verse 11. But they aren't 
gifts for us to be the centre of attention. For everyone else to go, oh, look at how gifted they are. No, the Spirit gives these gifts, Paul tells us in verse 7. For the common good. And also verse 7, I've just noticed it now to each one. It's not that there are a talented few, it's everyone has been given something. (coughs) To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To give glory to God and to build up one another. So what gifts has God given you? Perhaps you'll take the service sheet home tonight. You'll you'll take some time this week to read through the list and pray through the list and ask God to show you how he has made you, how he has gifted you. But then when you know what you have, ask this, how will I use it for the common good to build up others? How can others benefit from what God has given you? This comes into sharper focus when we consider God's good design. Kyle mentioned earlier that when we think of word pictures of the church, perhaps the one that is used the most often in the Bible is the one we find here. The church as the body. Just think of your body, made up of many different parts, each of them different, but each one essential to make you, you. And it's the same with the body of Christ, the church. Each of us is different, different backgrounds, different experiences, but we come together, baptised by one spirit into one body. We're made one in Christ. And it's at this point that we get closer to the reason that this is in the Bible at all. The reason that that Paul wrote about spiritual gifts to the church in Corinth. You see, they were a church with problems. You might think that your church has problems, but there were nothing to Corinth's problems. And Paul has been dealing with them and answering those issues in this letter. And spiritual gifts were one of those problems. You see, everyone wanted to have the gift of speaking in tongues, in in other languages. Because it was a loud, make everyone else notice you kind of gift. Those who didn't have it, wanted it. And those who did have it looked down on everyone else and thought, are you really a Christian if you can't do this? Because, you know, this is really what the Christian life is all about. But the picture of church as a body shows us how our gifts work together. So imagine that your foot says, well, I'm not a hand, so I don't really belong. Well, that's nonsense. You need both your hands and your feet 
uh, your hands to pick things up and uh, your feet to walk. Or maybe your ear that pipes up and says, well, well, I'm not an eye. I don't really belong. But you need your ear to hear as well as your eye to see. They do different things, but you need both of them. And then in verse 17, Paul gets into horror, science fiction, movie images of a whole body, which is just an eye. You might have great sight, but you couldn't walk or talk or do anything else. So what's all that about? Well, we're not to look down on ourselves, thinking that because we're not up front or we're not noticed, that our gifts don't matter. But neither should we look down on others, thinking, well, their gifts aren't important as mine, that they don't matter as much as we do. God's good design is seen in the human body with each part doing its job to make you you and that same design is seen in the church many parts one body tonight we commission those involved in vestries But Paul is telling us that everyone has gifts to use as we build up the body. So perhaps, Morris, when we come to it, we need one final commissioning question. Asking everyone to stand. And asking if we all will use the gifts that God has given us in his service. Your role and your gifts are important. In fact, they're vital. Whenever something in your body stops working, you kind of know about it. And everything else doesn't quite work right either. Your role and your gifts are important. But so are everyone else's as well. So how are you using the gifts that God has given you? Fulfilling his purpose and his good design as we serve him in our parishes. As we grow together in love. Many years ago I served as rector's church warden in the parish of Tremor Cathedral in County Down. And in the cathedral, uh, there are three doors uh, that people come uh, into the the building through on a Sunday morning. The people's warden was at the tower door welcoming people. There was a rota for the middle door. And the rector's warden uh, was on the organ door uh, at the organ aisle. And almost every Sunday, behind the door, so... The wall was here, the door opened this way, and there was a window behind it that no one else saw. But in that tiny stained glass window was a picture 
of the boy Samuel. With the inscription at the bottom. Speak Lord. For your servant is listening. It was as if I couldn't avoid that window. Couldn't avoid that challenge of God's call and Samuel's willingness. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I wonder, is that our prayer this evening? It's often as we step out to serve the Lord that we hear the Lord calling us to use our gifts as he chooses to be obedient to him God is the giver of all our gifts he gives the great variety for the common good to build each other up According to his good design of the church, the body of Christ. As we hear his word tonight, the challenge rings out. How will you use your gifts to serve him and his body? Let's pray. Lord, as we prayed at the start, so we pray at the end. Speak, for your servants are listening. We pray that we would hear your still, small voice. That we would know what it is you would have us do. That we would gladly follow you. Every day of our lives. We pray this. In Jesus name. Amen.